welcome to Uncorked, a podcast brought to you by Team Corker, where we uncork stories of remarkable people uh, that you might not hear all the time. And what we go for are the stories that you certainly don't find on the internet. So joining me today is Sally Christensen. Did I say that right? Yeah, you nailed it. She's lying. Uh, She's the CEO and co-founder of Argent, uh, based in San Francisco. Um, Sally, where are we talking to you from today? I'm in Washington, D.C. today. Ah, Washington. I was like, she's on the East Coast. And I'm not going to lie. You probably win most inspiring conversation I've had so far in 2018. Whoa, thank you. Oh, well, that was going to be a bigger compliment until it was two weeks into the year. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) That still is a huge compliment, so thank you. Well... I mean, you can, you can hold the rank all year long. It can, we can go off the, the starting line of 2018 strong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So Sally and I were connected through a mutual friend, Brooke Harley, who was um, formerly in the investment world. And Sally, I'm so honored to have you on our podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm excited. It's for our listeners. It should be known that it's always equal parts super enthusiastic excitement met with like, Oh no, what is she going to ask me? Yeah. There's a lot of that too. (laughs) I'll say on most interviews that I do, I have a heads up on the questions, not here. So I'm coming blind, blind, but I'm coming in hot. Yeah. Um, but I should let people know that I told you that there were going to be questions that you wouldn't be prepared for. That's like unprepared, preparing you to be unprepared. It's fun. I mean, Yeah, you don't I, you don't find yourself in this position very often, and I'm, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> this is like female power. You're like, I'm a CEO. I run the ship. I know what's coming. What are you doing? Um, Sally, let's dive in. We're committed to 20 minutes, okay. and the, I mean, I think it's only fair to let people know um, the story that you shared with me. How did Argent come to be? Give us the Sally story. Sure. Yeah, so... Uh, Argent is a brand focused on redefining women's workwear, um, but there's obviously a much larger mission attached to that. So the backstory is um, it's really born from a personal pain point of mine. My background is in business and I've always been annoyed by the fact that no one seems to have thought about the working woman when um, designing apparel um, and when going shopping and after, job after job. I went from banking into supply chain into tech, very different industries, very different environments. It just, time became more of a luxury and it just became more of a headache for me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely born from a personal frustration, but, uh, really the catalyst for actually pursuing the idea stemmed from, uh, an article that I read while I was at Cisco systems, which was the company that I was at before starting this. Um, it, basically showed that women are judged based on appearance, which I think we all sort of know or assume. Um, But for the first time, they quantified the impact on your bottom line over the course of your career, and it ends up being really significant. And so... Pause. Tell us the significant. This is a big, fat, juicy number. It's the bottom line of a woman's career, not the company, correct? No, bottom line, yes. For a woman over her lifetime, it ends up being 20 to 40% makes that much of a difference. Gosh. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. Um, at the time, I mean, honestly, it was taboo to talk about anything outside of hard skill sets Mm. in corporate environments. And to me, that's a huge problem. 
And um, not only that, the fact that no one's making shopping for workwear easy, fun, functional is also a problem. And so I quit my job and had had nothing, like I'd done nothing, but I just <laughs> knew that I needed to quit and just go for it. And um, I got connected with my eventual co-founder who was at J. Crew at the time and is just unbelievably talented. Um, and she and I went shopping together and she saw the problem firsthand, which um, they're really not seeing, it feels like in the fashion world. And uh, she quit her job a few months later and we just, we launched Argent, which we're really proud of. Um, key differentiators for us are quality, style, and functionality in our products. We've put pockets in, we have utility patents that we filed on some of our innovation uh, and we're building a brand that's really about um, visually inspiring women to be bold, push the envelope, like just go for it in your career. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our story. That's the story. And give us a sense of timeline. So you quit Cisco when? I put in my notice November of 2014, right after reading the study that I mentioned, I ended up having a last day February of 2015. And um, Eleanor quit the end of July in 2015. <laughs> These are key then, milestones. The moments I quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's, and that, what else do you need to know? <laughs> we launched June of 2016. So that was a super busy year. And, uh, and then since we've been focused on just learning our customer base, getting ourselves out there, opening retail presence. Well, I mean, we have a very small footprint, but um, establishing a retail presence and just rounding out everything that we do. Amazing. And now you're based in SF. Yes. And your team is, where, where are your people? So Eleanor, my co-founder, who's our chief creative officer, is based in New York. Um, her team is in New York, so uh, we have an assistant designer as well as a, a production assistant. And then in San Francisco, our COO and uh, our marketing and event coordinator are based. And then we have a retail team in uh, Washington, D.C. Right, Washington. Now, before we dive into retail, tell us your distribution channels. How are you bringing product to market right now? Yeah, so we're vertically integrated. Um, so we source fabrics. We manufacture in Manhattan. We make the majority of our products in Manhattan, t-shirts and sweaters come out of LA. And then we are selling online, argentwork.com. Um, I think that's table stakes anymore. And then we're also selling out of a pop-up showroom in San Francisco, an office showroom in New York, and uh, our most built-out space is in Washington, D.C. Cool. Um, so, yeah, and our goal is to open a space in New York in the next couple of months. So that's what we're actively working on right now. I really loved the Washington story. Tell us how your Washington you know, pop-up mm. and now shop came to be. So we ended up in Washington probably earlier than we anticipated. We were invited in by another retail brand, Shinola. Uh, they did sort of a shop-in-shop -shop experience with us where they – let us use a part of their space. And for anyone familiar with DC, it's on 14th street, which is a really cool, like up and coming area where a lot of our customer lives. Um, and so we popped up in that space. It was, um, 
supposed to align with the inauguration of our first female president. Uh, it ended up with the women's march, which was super cool. Um, and uh, it just ended up being such a great market for us that we decided to continue our presence here once that engagement ended, which was about two months long. And so we ended up moving into a temporary space that we thought was going to be our pop-up space. That was for about a month. And then another space became available. A, a retailer actually vacated a beautiful like corner anchor store in the development that we were in, um, which we just started going after. And after a lot of phone calls and a lot of emails, the property management group got sick enough of me that they gave in and let us pop up here. And it's awesome. I mean, we got a great deal. It's an awesome location. Um, We were able to just leverage the fact that we can activate a space really quickly and make it into something that makes the area more desirable for, you know, people that are out on the weekends, which is something that they're looking for. Cool. Um, that's our story in DC. We love it. Oh, right on. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the vision of where, where do you want to take Argent? What do you want um, Argent to get up to in the world? Our goal is really to evolve with the working woman. Um, five, 10, 15 years. Like I think that the workplace is really undergoing a fundamental shift right now, which we're responding to. I think, you know, it's becoming more casual. Uh, women are experimenting with expressing themselves through um, what they're wearing. There's obviously an interesting movement that's happening just around women and their place in the world in general. And so um, our focus right now is just on providing whatever tools we can to help them optimally navigate their career and build this community to just really advance the women's conversation. Um, In five to 10 years, we just expect to evolve with wherever that woman goes. I love it. What has been the biggest challenge? So realistically, if I'm, we're timelining this correctly, June 2016, you launched. So you're like less than 18 months into this mm-hmm. race. Um, what has been the biggest challenge? Um, I think there are a couple of things. So uh, starting a company is challenging. And I always tell people that are considering starting a company, you have to have conviction in whatever the ultimate goal is. And if you don't have that, don't start. Like mm. don't, don't join a startup don't start a company like certainly because you get steamrolled the whole way. (laughs) Like it's not, it's not this like sexy experience that made it out to be, Yeah, but so unbelievably worth it. And so in terms of challenges, like I think we are faced with a whole host of them. I think the biggest one that I um, am constantly talking to other entrepreneurs about is just, and I don't even think this is specific to startups, but it's building a team and finding great talent. Yeah. Because it's hard to filter for people that really are equipped to, for the grayness that involved in a startup. Mm. That's that, that I think is the biggest challenge for, for us at least. I, I think it's um, like under a microscope when you're in a, a true startup phase. And though sometimes I wonder like, are you in startup for the first 10 years knowing that you'll reinvent yourself every year mm-hmm. as you're growing um, that you think it's like the first five hires are the most important and then it becomes the first 10 and then it becomes your first five executive leaders and it just continues on. Um, So we were talking actually a little bit about just that and that building your team um, in Washington and potentially some other roles as well. Do you want to 
plug that right now. Tell us, tell us what you're looking for. Tell us what's on the docket for Argent and humans for 2018. I'll plug that any, any chance I get. So <laughs> plug it. <laughs> so, um, I guess the first thing to respond to what you said uh, is so true. So I think what's super exciting about starting a company is you don't even realize it, but you're experiencing so much growth that like you keep entering into these new phases with, without having enough time to like look back and reflect and appreciate how far it is that you've come. Yeah. Uh, you're just constantly facing like a whole set of new challenges. Um, but the scale of what you're dealing with is just so different. And it's, that's, that to me is like one of the coolest parts about doing this. Um, your revenue grows, your team grows, your presence grows, your impact grows, your customer base grows. And like, you don't even realize it because it feels, I don't know. It's hard to like articulate. It's just, it's, it's really neat to look back at day one and be like, Oh, we didn't even have anything. Like now we have all of these, look at what our revenue is. Um, in terms of building a team. So we've, pretty intentionally not done any marketing to date. Uh, we've, we've really set out to establish product market fit. And now we're in a place where we feel like we've, we've absolutely achieved that. And so a huge initiative for us is bringing on someone in a marketing capacity um, that has experience, but is still willing to get their hands dirty and is willing to just dive in and get creative uh, about how we get ourselves out there and, in a scrappy way because that's in line with who we are. And we're also a startup. So we're resource constrained. Um, and someone that understands our consumer, our market, and also the levers that we can potentially explore, um, or experiment with. Can I ask a maybe inappropriate question, but yes, because we can, (laughs) how do you feel about hiring men versus women? Yeah. So one of our early hires was male, uh, and he was wonderful. Um, I think that he wasn't a a great fit for the startup world. Unfortunately, I think a challenge for him also was the fact that he didn't connect with the product in the same way. Right. The mission resonated. Absolutely. So I, love the idea of a diverse team. I love the idea of, of involving men in the conversation um, around women. Like we host events and we always include men. We always involve men. Our investors are split men and women. Uh, and so I think our team needs to reflect that as well. Uh, I do, I do find it challenging to appeal to male audiences in the same way that we do to female audiences simply because the product isn't for them. Totally. So it's harder to recruit, but it's absolutely on my radar. Cool. Um, And then retail team. Um, So retail staffing, I would say, has been a challenge for us. Um, In D.C. right now, we're looking for a retail director uh, that could grow beyond simply this role. So help help grow this community, establish this community, you know, just continuing to um, engage our audience here, but then could potentially help grow our presence elsewhere. Um, So that's what we're looking for right now. I love it. A marketing leader, and they can be East Coast or West Coast. Would you prefer West Coast? I have no preference. No preference. Okay. I like this. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What was the last book you read? Um, I just finished. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm on a president kick. And so <laughs> I just read James Madison. Awesome. A biography on James Madison by Lynn Cheney, who's actually Ooh. Dick Cheney's wife, which is crazy. Cool. But, yeah. mm-hmm. Very cool. Do you listen to music while traveling? 
yes, I'm one of those weird people that finds a song that I like and I listen to it on repeat. And oh I could literally gosh. sit and listen to the same song for like three hours straight. So, Me yeah. too. Are you that person? I um, am so that person. I was just talking to someone today about how do we generate and cultivate more obsessive personalities. And I said, <laughs> the biggest, juiciest like key to me in an obsessive person is someone who can listen to the same song on repeat. And I think that that is just a quality. It's like, don't talk to me about being relentless and gritty. Just tell me about what you're obsessed with. Okay. What song is on the obsessed list? Okay. I'm obsessed right now with the Ed Sheeran, Andrea Bocelli. Yeah. Um, What's the song even called? This is how, this is like super sad because I've listened to the song 1,000 times. Yeah. It's, um, I'm looking it up. I'm cheating. It's a, it's called Perfect Symphony. Ah, oh, beautiful. It is so it's good. gorgeous. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, who's inspiring you or where do you go for inspiration? Um, I'm telling you, I'm truly on a founding father's kick. So mm-hmm. th- that's really helpful to me. So a couple of years ago, I just committed to reading a book on a president every year. And I find a lot of inspiration in that. I loved uh, the John Adams book I read, just reading about Abigail Adams. I found her to be a huge inspiration. She was such an influence, not over, not only over him, but she had a relationship with all the founding fathers. Mm. um, And was really like pulling the strings behind the scenes. Um, In terms of modern day influence, I, I love reading fiction and nonfiction I just can't get enough like time to read and then I also like looking at um successful entrepreneurs and successful leaders like I love Howard Schultz I love to look at you know whatever's happening in his world I like to see what's happening at Amazon who doesn't um Angela Ahrens Mm. she was the CEO at Burberry and she's now the head of retail at Apple Apple yeah She's a bit more elusive, uh, I feel like, but I just, I absolutely love her. I think that she, like, she's like very no bullshit. Um, she's just accomplished so much and established herself as sort of the leading authority on retail to the point where Tim Cook, you know, was just recruiting her like crazy to come to Apple. Yeah. Um, she's the highest paid employee there and she just garners so much respect from her employees. I love, love every opportunity I get to see her speak. Cool. Um, yeah, I really like her. Oh, love it. Mm-hmm. All right. My next question is one of my favorites, and it's actually right from Tim Ferriss's book, Tools of Titans. And one of his rapid fire questions is, what is something that you believe others, other people think is insane? My, so my current, but I don't think that everyone thinks this is crazy. I think that um, AI is outpacing mm. humankind. That's and a big I deal. Really it is like out of our control and I just anticipate that not being a great thing in the future but Elon Musk also believes this so um, <laughs> it's not that everyone thinks it's crazy but every time it gets brought up at any dinner conversation or like coffee that I'm having uh, with friends I always get shut down mm. and I really believe it and people just think I'm nuts for it yeah. but um, I just don't think we know enough and I don't think that there's enough regulation around it. This is real. I mean, AI scares the shit out of me. And I, yeah. I don't think I'm alone in that. I mean, I think there are people that think it's amazing and I'm like, what the heck? Like I want human interaction more than ever before. Yes. So yes. I couldn't agree more. Okay. One more question. I'm obsessed with the morning. Uh, 
tell me what your, the first 60 minutes of your day looks like, uh, or are there any special morning rituals you have, or maybe you're not a morning person at all? I am 1000% a morning person. Eleanor Sally, there are way too many things I like about you a lot. <laughs> Obsession um, and mornings. <laughs> um, I'm usually up listening to songs on repeat. Um, no, I, <laughs> I, my, so it works. This is where the bi-coastal relationship works out beautifully. So Eleanor is based in New York and she is like a night owl. And I am honestly in bed before she is, but I am up at the crack of dawn. Like sometimes I'll get a call from her in the five, just like the five forty-five or something. Yep. So um, generally what I like to do in the morning is wake up, do all the requisite things like brush my teeth, um, take my pills. And then um, I wait for my husband to wake up. So I'll work on some emails. We'll go on a dog walk. Awesome. Uh, I like, I like that one to be like at least 30 minutes. Our dogs get a lot of exercise, especially for their size. And then um, we come back, have breakfast, always eggs. I need my protein. I'm O blood type. And then I sit at my computer and just crank. I kind of wish that I showered and got ready somewhere in there. But I think since Argent, like I've started doing that around 9 a.m., which I don't love because I'm usually up at like 5 a.m. Right. Um, but that's my, that's my first hour. I love, well, from 5am to 9am is called an entrepreneur's hour. No more. Most <laughs> other humans call that four hours, but that's, that's totally cool. I get you. Um, okay. We need to wrap. Our last question on every podcast is what makes your heart beat faster and you go first and then I go. What makes my heart beat faster? Oh, right now it doesn't need to be deep like an ocean or it can be as juicy as you'd like to share. Well, I'm, I'm pregnant. So that gets ah, me excited. That's amazing. The world does not know that. Yeah. <laughs> Can we share this news on our podcast? Totally. I mean, the world will figure it out at some point. I'm doing April. So I'm starting to look at. Amazing. Is this your first? <laughs> yes. Congrats. I am so inspired by women who are doing it all. And we are working with an intimate brand actually based in Toronto and um, when I hear her talk about the succession planning of, you know, her business and the idea that, you know, one day she might be pregnant as well, I think, holy smokes, you know, you're launching companies and raising money and opening new channels and creating new humans. And I am just so obsessed with the power of women. And you are one of them. Thank you. I couldn't agree more. Women are on real I also know who you're alluding to I'm meeting with her in a couple weeks and uh we should give her a shout out it's Joanna right it's Joanna I can't wait she might come on the podcast and tell us she's pregnant too (laughs) (laughs) I I just I think that um god I could go I could have a whole other podcast worth of conversation around that but I I think women are forced to do so many more things than men have to face so um, I think the more we talk about it, the better, um, just because physically there are things that we have to go through that men just don't, um, and totally. are set up to support that. But women are superheroes. Women are superheroes. Sally, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it all the way from Washington. This is a bi-coastal podcast. Aren't you going to answer what makes your heartbeat faster? <laughs> I did. I said women like you that are doing it all okay. and making humans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. This has been great. Uh, More soon. (laughs) Bye.